Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. The beach is eight hours to probably have 35 minutes of fun. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. We were willing to find things fun that really weren't a little more back then. With Margaret Abel's and Amy Wilson. What is it that's keeping these things from being fun? A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. All right, how many more kills do you need until you beat the level? Okay, as long as you don't interrupt my conference call, I'll allow it. Hey, everybody, welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today we are talking about things that should be fun, but are not fun. This topic was suggested by a listener named Rachel. She suggested this in the Facebook group just sort of for giggles. And we were like, oh, this is our next topic. We announced it on the What Fresh Hell page. And Rachel said, oh, my God, I feel like a celebrity because we picked her topic. Rachel, you are queen for a day because today we were using your queen for a day. Gather your minions around and tell them all you are the queen. So we asked all of our listeners to tell us things that should be fun, but aren't. We have some hilarious answers. I'm going to start with Rachel's because... She's queen for a day. It's her episode. Sure, of course we should start with her. We should start with what Rachel thinks. Rachel says painting her daughter's nails should be fun, but is not. This whole episode is just going to be me being like, that doesn't even sound fun. I get why you would think like mommy daughter manicures, that will be fun. But I mean, it doesn't even sound fun to me. It sounds terrifying and horrible and wet and messy and like it will end in tears. I have never even thought that getting... My nails done was that fun. Going to like a nail salon, which if you live in New York City or live in any big city, I suppose, there are so many nail salons in New York. I think that's if you live anywhere now. I could throw a pebble and hit like six of them. Yeah. And like a new store opens and you're like, oh, maybe it'll be a ramen place. And it's like, no, it's either a bank or a nail salon. Right. We buy everything on Amazon. And so any store that opens is going to be a nail salon. Yeah. But I've just always felt like this is a tedious use of 45 minutes and $45 that I'll never get back. I've never found it like relaxing, sort of like a haircut. Oh, it's definitely not relaxing. My nightmare experience is getting my makeup done and even getting my hair done. I think about people being actors and starting your day every day, getting your hair and makeup done to me is the worst day. It's great to have had your hair and makeup done. That's true. Mm, That's fun. That's true. But getting it done, terrible. Should be fun, but it's not. I have to shout out my favorite book of all time. I mean, it's in my top 10. 
which is a supposedly fun thing I'll never do again by David Foster Wallace. Have you read it? No. Is it 1,100 pages long? Because that might be why. Everyone carries around in college and acts like it's their favorite book. But have you really read Infinite Jest? Probably not. (laughs) But the book, A Supposedly Fun Thing I'll Never Do Again, is in my top 10 and features him going to a fair and as cruise. And he's just a phenomenal writer. It's just all about like, why aren't fun things fun? The zenith of this, the absolute, this is never fun and it is not fun for me is the beach. I just don't like anything about it. Okay. It should be fun because we all spend a lot of money on beach houses and vacations and let's all go there for a week. It should be fun. It's the perfect example. Right. Like we spend a lot of money and effort getting there. And then it's not fun. Why? Because there's sand. Because there's sand. There's bugs. (laughs) There's water. There's sand. There's water. No, I don't like to get wet. I've said this a million times. My sister is a master's swimmer. Master's means you take it up or you do it, I guess, later in life. I don't know. I think it's over 45. Speaking of things that are not fun being over 45, right? Yeah, that's not fun. But anyway. Does it sound fun? Is not fun. It shouldn't be fun and it isn't. But she gets up at like four o'clock in the morning and jumps and swims around in the ocean. Yeah, I don't like being wet. I don't like being cold. It ruins my whole day to get wet. But you don't even have to get wet to have a bad time at the beach. You go to the beach with the kids. I've done this. You drag your stuff a full three-quarter mile from the parking lot, right? The cooler, the thing, and the thing, and the, you know, and the thing you have to blow up, and whatever, and the bag, and the shoes. They don't- the umbrella, which is banging against your calves and, like, injuring your ankle bones. Right. The umbrella, whatever. And you get there, and then it takes you, like, 25 minutes to set it all up, right? To get the umbrella locked and dug in. While you're, like, if you've got young kids, like, while you're setting it up and being like, stay away from me, don't run away. Your toddler is, like, mauling the person next to you or running into the waves while you're trying to get the umbrella to stay up. And then as soon as you're finally set up and you get all four ends of the blanket weighed down and and you hand out the sandwiches and the chips, as soon as all the food that you brought to last all day gets eaten all at once, as soon as the blanket is set up, then what happens? Everybody wants to go home. Everybody says, when are we leaving? It's just sand in every crevice. Like even the sandwiches, it's just sandy and gross. That's right. Then everybody wants to leave. Sunscreen. Terrible. And then the sand in the sunscreen. And then there's someone next to you playing bad 90s music, but at a like (laughs) volume, like that's all you can hear. (laughs) Like a barely audible. That's so much worse. I mean, I don't want to hear your music. You're not enjoying the song, nor are you in silence. I have definitely, I think, off mic complained to you about being in a hotel, like a resort kind of thing, looking at the waves and you walk out of your hotel room to like walk along the beach without your kids at 630 because then that is kind of fun. And there's only one problem instead of the sunrise and the of the waves, you have like blasting from the pool area. Not only have you complained about this on mic, but you've ruined my life. I never used to notice this. And we were just this summer after discussing it on the podcast. We were at the largest pool in Texas, Amy, in fact, at a resort. (laughs) That shouldn't be fun and isn't fun. (laughs) Shouldn't be fun, wasn't fun. Yeah, it's just like largest pool. It's two words that shouldn't go together. There's nothing 
good about a pool being large. It just means more humans in the pool and more gunk being in the pool. But all this to say, I was so aware of the music from you. Like, of course, we went down early in the morning. It was just Drake songs playing at full volume at an empty pool. Like the only time of day it should have been calm. I was like, oh, this is the Amy Wilson problem. They're trying to help out, right? They're trying to like elevate the setting. But silence is really underrated virtue, particularly by the ocean. Silence elevates. I mean, we're very old to be having this conversation. I'm so my mother. I could hear my mother's voice being like, would a little silence kill everyone around here? Right. We grew up without like the tinny phone speaker being available to you at all times. Like, I don't need my subway ride to be filled with your Spotify playlist on iPhone speaker. I don't. I don't think it's fun. But I didn't think it would be fun. Back to the topic. I knew that wouldn't be fun to get on the subway with other people. I mean, the beach, like when you're like catching a wave and like when you're sitting there, like having a cocktail and like chatting with someone with your feet in warm sand, like I understand why it's fun. It gets more fun the older kids get, I feel like, because you can sit and chat with people as the kids play. Depending on how, yeah, not my kids. My kids like, like, when are we leaving? When are we leaving? I think the beach is only fun if not beach is available besides you walking three quarters of a mile back to the car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Day trip to the beach is a nightmare. Correct. My thing is that I just hate the sand so much. And so I set up like sand free towels. And then like the kids walk over them and I'm like, that's the sand free towel. Like I'm just going insane the whole time. Trademark sand free towel. (laughs) Sand free towel. Guess what the sand free towel is not. Guess what the number one thing about the sand free towel is. It's not. It has sand all over it. That's the number one thing. (laughs) It is things that should be sand free that aren't everything at the beach. And then not only that, but then the sand is like, in your teeth, in your bed, like somehow it's in your earplugs, like for the next six months. It's like glitter. You use it once and you think about it for the next seven years. Sand is the same. Yes, yes. One of our listeners called out glitter. Allison said anything involving glitter should be fun, but isn't. Definitely whoever invented glitter had the best of intentions. Did they though, Amy? I think they did. Should I push back on that? What were they thinking? I don't know what they were thinking, but I am giving them the like, this is joy. This is sparkle. This makes things seem more magical. It does none of those things, but that was the intention. I have to believe that because otherwise I just give up hope. You just have to lay down. How do I go on? I want to give a shout out to Mariana. Mariana says Nerf guns should be fun, but aren't. I totally agree. I mean, I've never thought Nerf guns were fun for me, but they're not fun for kids either. Somebody's crying in 15 seconds. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. And the other thing about Nerf, Nerf guns are two of my least favorite things. Well, the number one least favorite thing is their earth murder, right? They're just like styrofoam bullets that lit and you got to keep buying more because they get lost in the bushes and and they're just like they're just killing the animals i don't know it just feels like the deer are eating them and dying and there's yeah i mean they're all over the lawn i was like why are they worse than like legos it's because we're shooting them into our outdoor environment you're saying that's like additional problem more styrofoam among the leaves (laughs) we're just like it's not enough for us to be using styrofoam we're gonna shoot 4,500 sticks of styrofoam (laughs) into nature to just confuse and make the animal's digestion a mess. It should be fun. It is not fun. There's a whole other podcast episode in, well, that was 38 seconds of fun, because I feel like a lot of these things are 
the beach is eight hours to probably have 35 minutes of fun. I feel like Nerf guns are a thousand dollars and nine hours to have 15 seconds of fun. 15 seconds till somebody's crying. (laughs) Somebody is not having fun almost immediately. Somebody else might still be having fun. But in terms of it being fun for everyone, almost immediately, that's not the case with a Nerf gun. I once had fun with a Nerf gun. Should I tell you about it? Or is that in opposition to our topic? (laughs) Really? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I'll allow it because they should be fun. So tell us about when it was fun. During the pandemic, we have down the street neighbors because it was the pandemic and there was nothing better to do. They would ride, they had a like an e-bike, which is some sort of bike that like, it's easier to ride because it has some sort of electricity involved. All this to say that it was the dad and his two sons on the back of the bike. It was like a little cargo bike thing. And they would drive to our house on their bike and those two sons would have their Nerf guns in the back and they would start running circles around our house, like on our lawn, on the bike and calling to us and taunting to us. And then we would keep an arsenal of loaded Nerf guns by the door. And we never knew when it was going to happen, but they would show up. Sure. You never know. You would hear like the pink, pink of Nerf bullets against the windows. Yeah. And then we would run out and there would be a quick like impromptu skirmish where we would shoot at them on the bike and they would shoot back at us and taunt us and then they would go away. And it was extremely fun. I'll allow it. It was a special time, right? That's an asterisk like, okay, that was a special time when we needed we needed everything we could get during those years. And the and the fact that sometimes there would be a joyous taunting nerf battle that popped up out of nowhere. It got us through some hard days, people. That's what it was. That was a time in our lives when we were all willing to meet any bit of fun, including our children, willing to meet any bit of fun like 85% of the way and being like, <laughs> see, <laughs> being stuck inside isn't all terrible. Like we're like shooting Nerf guns at each other, right? And that, that you could carry that through the whole afternoon. And I think we've, we've lost that love and feeling for good reason. We need to get back to life. But uh, we were willing to find things fun that really weren't a little more back then. Yeah, we're skirting dangerously close, Amy, to a conclusion and a lesson here, which I don't think this this episode is about, but we might revisit later on. That, Like, what is it that's keeping these things from being fun? I'm willing to consider it, but first we'll just be back complaining more about things that are not fun. Right. Should be fun, but they're not. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. 
Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health, and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Heather says drive-in movies should be fun, but aren't. I mean, agree. You know how on the survey they're like, is it one through 10 or NA, meaning like not applicable to your life? This is NA for me. I'm not a drive-in movie theater person. Oh, where we go in the summertime, like two miles from our front door is a drive-in theater. They make it fun. I'll tell you what they have, because it's like also mini golf and it's also milkshakes. Like there's a restaurant and a mini golf and a little place to hang out. And then you go sit in your cars and watch the movie which is sort of like the tail wagging the dog. It's why you came, but it's not the most important part. Sitting in your car watching a movie that you can kind of see and kind of hear past your kid's bedtime is not as fun as advertised. This is my big beef with driving movies. There's a place which maybe is near where you're talking about that's too far from our house. And then this is the problem. A movie starting at 8.30 at night. And that's not interesting to me. Like I can't see a movie that starts at 8.30 at night. And then it's like an hour drive. So every time we've ever thought about doing it, I'm like, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. I've been to, I saw Scream at a drive-in, the original Scream, which was very, very good. Although I had told my friend who went with me, she's like, well, I don't want to go because I don't like scary movies. And I said, oh, I don't think it's scary. I think it's a comedy. Because I thought it was a parody of, I thought it was 
the movies that then parodied Scream? It was both. It was the thing and the, right, it was very meta. It was like a slightly ironic horror movie, but it was still a lot of like chasing and stabbing and jump scares. It was not a comedy. So that's what I mostly remember about seeing that. I I was more in trouble because I had brought a friend under false pretenses than that it was a drive-in movie. I feel like a drive-in movie is a good concept, but the execution is just flawed. In Texas, I know my family goes... And it's someone brings a pickup truck. It's like a flatbed and they put beanbags in the back. Like, ah, that sounds fine to me. I'll allow it. I don't like to be outdoors. I'll tell you the outdoor, the backyard movie, another thing I'm not that interested in. Yeah, it's a lot of effort. I'd rather be not being touched by nature while I'm watching a movie. I'm good with being in a lazy boy. What's this Nerf bullet doing here while I'm trying to watch a movie? That deer seems to be choking over there. (laughs) Priya says bounce houses are just money spent on tears. They're fun until they're not. Agree, question mark. I do think that bounce houses are surprisingly lethal. Like they're like stealth injury farms, which I did not realize. Oh, they are. We had a kid come visit us from a program where you can have like somebody who like doesn't have exciting places to go in the summertime come stay with you for two weeks in the summertime. Anyway, it was a non-starter. Like you could not have a kid come if you had a bouncy house trampoline type thing in your backyard. (laughs) No, thank you. When we grew up, let me take you back to a time where a young person would see a bounce house like it was like Haley's Comet. You would see one like once every three years. It was a thrill. I mean, a bounce house would maybe appear at the end of school fair. I mean, it was... Right. We're talking state fair once a summer. Oh, the sight of a bounce house was just like... Right. Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? Exactly. Every first communion, right? Oh, it's <laughs> Every- like you, and people have them in their backyards. We rented a bounce house for like a four-year-old's birthday party. <laughs> the funniest thing is that we rented a bounce... I lived in Los Angeles and... Guy comes to set up the bounce house and he's like, do you have an iPhone? Take a picture of my face. And I was like, okay, dude, whatever. What? what, what? He's like, don't give the bounce house to anyone who's not me. Because apparently there was a whole scam in LA where people would go around and like steal other people's bounce houses. Basically, a guy would just come up at four o'clock in the afternoon and with a truck and say, we're here to take the bounce house down. And you'd be like, sure, go ahead. They'd take it down. And they weren't the bounce house guy. They were stealing the bounce house for their own bounce house business. Do you remember the news story? It was a couple years ago. There was a bounce house that I'm laughing because I think it all worked. (laughs) It was okay. Flew away. Achieved liftoff with the kid in it. Oh, like 60 feet in the air. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, woo. Yeah, yeah. It's not worth it. Not worth the trouble, I would say. I mean, the biggest thing about a bounce house, which I, it just never occurred to me. My biggest memory of the bounce house is back in the day. I think they've solved for this. Back in the day, the floor of the bounce house was bumps, like a series of, like it looked like like laying down, like picture like 12 hot dogs lined up next to each other. That's what the floor of the bounce house looked like, right? Okay. And what I remember as a young child is that like you lived in fear. If you fell in the crack between like the two hot dog bumps, you were dead. Like you couldn't get out and people would just keep bouncing around you and you would just be lodged permanently in the crack of the bounce house, like never to be seen or heard from again, basically. That's the problem with the bounce house. Like there's one kid 
screaming and you can't get to them because 24 other kids are still jumping and flipping. But I always thought like when people said bounce houses were dangerous, I was like, oh, it must be the old like suffocating in the crack of the hot dog dog (laughs) crack. <laughs> the crack of the hot dog, which I still think happens, like at the walls, you can still like slide into like crack areas and be just basically trapped and screaming for your life while a million married children bounce around you. But what really happens in bounce houses is kids bonk heads that they bonk into each other with their heads. Uh huh. Well, that makes sense. And indeed, we rented a bounce house, and my six-year-old self was just like. If you told me when I grew up, I would have like Cinderella living in my backyard. Like the idea that there was a bounce house in the backyard of my house. And of course, my husband, and I got in and like bounced around in it for an hour. We were so excited. Let's go why? Because Crystal is coming in hot with the entire category. Okay. She's not just coming for bounce houses. She says amusement parks should be fun, but aren't. I'm going to take the other side of this, Crystal. I like an amusement park. I am team amusement parks are fun. Yeah, I like them too, but it depends on how hot a day it is and how long the line is for the ride your kid wants to go on around 3 p.m. Yeah, sure. They can go terribly wrong. I recently took five children to the amusement park, uh, the local amusement park here. It's called Playland. I grew up going there. It's pretty fun. It's got like big rides. It's where prices go. So low, 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 low. Where prices go so low, 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 low. That's Playland. And I took five kids. I mean, I want to say it sent me back close to $500 to walk in the door. I got a non-participant rich band, which still wasn't cheap. Yeah, I'm sure it was a $500 day because also then I bought everybody, you know, a Coke and lunch and whatever. $500 just on fire. Those tickets are like when you go and you have to get like four tickets to ride this ride and six tickets to ride that ride and like you burn money. Yes, I will say God bless them. They've gotten rid of that system, I think, almost everywhere. They've suddenly figured out like just let a kid in with a wristband and then they they can go wild. Charge us astronomical prices for the wristband. Yeah, fine. I'll drop $500 and then I never have to like deal with another ticket. Because P.S. you were still dropping $500. It just was like 20 bucks at a time. It was still as much. You weren't tricking me. It just took longer. Yeah. No, no, no. Now I'm like, let's just all stop living the lie. All right. Let's just all admit this is going to cost $500. $500. Was it that fun? I guess that's what I have to say. So five kids, $500. Let me tell you that we got there and it started pouring cold rain. It was supposed to drizzle, poured cold rain, and we stayed for like, mm, I'm going to say an hour and a half. So it wasn't that fun. And um, I'm going to say definitely not $500 worth of fun. They all rode the dragon coaster once, and then they were like, we're cold and wet, and I took them home. Jessica says, I am not endorsing this point of view. I'm just saying it that Jessica says, especially the amusement parks that are mouse-related are supposed to be fun, but aren't. This is the two kinds of people. I love parks. I love the magic. I love, like, I, again, like, I just still have that. I am a like an ultra consumer. I see the characters. I go insane. Right. I love Disney. And I think it's because they at least figure out a way to keep it interesting, you know, moment to moment while you're walking around and standing in line. Like you don't see Lilo and Stitch at the fair where you have to pay tickets for the fire truck ride. It's so I think it's more fun moment to moment. But is it perfect? No. I love it. We decided we were going to go once and we kind of went all in. Although, of course, I was like, we're just going to go once and like no holds barred. Like, let's just save. And we saved up money for two years and it was the dedicated fund. And I I kind of approached it like no holds barred. Like, let's just do 
Let's do it up. We're only going once. And let me tell you, I wasn't even close. Like we started to look at No Holds Barred. I mean, No Holds Barred is like a college education. I mean, No Holds Barred, forget it. I mean, we still ended up like, okay, we can save a little if we did that then yet that that. I mean, you still have to, even if you think you're going to like spend a lot of money, you're still just getting in the door. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy how much money it was. Yeah, it's become a, an elite experience, definitely. We went one and done, like we're spending it all, we're going, and I will say, we want to go back. We loved it. Yeah, I like it too. But yeah, there are many factors that can... My husband tells the story of his family saving up. I mean, this is a long time ago. He was a kid. So let's say it's like the early 80s. They go to Disney World. They're staying in like in a hotel in like Kissimmee, St. Cloud somewhere. And it's pouring rain. And his parents are like taking it out on each other that it's raining on this Disney vacation. And I get it. Like when you hold it up that it's the most fun you will ever have per minute in your entire life, like almost anything's going to fall short of that goal. Well, this is we've talked about many times, like expectation management goes out the window when you've spent all the money and they tend to be really nightmarish experiences. And I do think that because we planned a long time and we ended up, we were going to go at one point and then it was COVID and we kept kind of delaying. And we, the one thing we said was we were not going to go during a school break and we ended up going during a school break and it was crazy crowded. And I was kind of being the like, we have to get there early and beat the lines. I did to use the app. And my husband luckily was able to sort of talk me down off of that a little bit as a Let's just calm down. And we did. We had a great time. I loved it. I loved it. I'm such a sucker for come to Mario's Bistro. And it's like there's like a car serving you dinner. I'm so I'm meant for that. Let's go something like that's like way smaller. It's supposed to be way more achievable and fun and definitely marketed to all of us as fun family movie night. Like, won't this be fun? We're going to pick the perfect movie and we're going to sit on the couch together and snuggle and eat popcorn. Kate says that's what she envisions, and in reality, it's her and her husband on opposite ends of the couch flinching while their kids jump around, and there's popcorn everywhere, and there's like a zero movies that your kids want to watch that are okay for them to watch that are tolerable for you to watch. There's a very short list of those, and they've watched them all already. Well, this is, I think, the one of the big problems with family, when we were growing up, again, all the times... It was, again, special to watch a movie. My kids will mention movies, and I say, when did you watch that movie? It's like they watched it on the phone, on their phone, on a bus going to a soccer game. I think two things. Number one, you do not have to have popcorn. Popcorn is the nightmare of family movie night, and you don't... That's what makes it not fun. You don't have to buy into big popcorn. Like, you do not actually have to do the popcorn, because that part is very stressful. I'm going to throw this out there. We had one, I'm saying one. Very, very successful family movie night. And it was a, the movie Little Shop of Horrors. Musicals, I feel like, make for good family movie nights because when it gets boring, something's about to happen. The movie Little Shop of Horrors involves some murder and some domestic violence. So, like, it's not for... But I'm just going to say my kids were pretty little. And that was the most successful family movie night we ever had. Can I throw out Singing in the Rain? If you're going to watch, like, family movie, that's a musical, too. And again, like not for four-year-olds, but I'd say like six and up can totally enjoy it and nobody gets murdered and singing in the rain. And it's silly. It's fun. It's funny. But I agree with you, Kate. Your point is well taken that the Venn diagram of 
acceptable and not terrible is so small. Very, very small. All right, we'll be right back with even more things that should be fun, but are not. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And now, the parent we thought we'd be versus the parent we are. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. The parent we thought we'd be. I just cannot understand parents who let their children watch screens. I'm sorry, but try parenting. The parents we are. All right, how many more kills do you need until you beat the level? Okay, as long as you don't interrupt my conference call, I'll allow it. The parents we thought we'd be. Hello, there's no such thing as kids' food. Kids should eat what they're served. I mean, that's how they do it in France. The parents we are. Come on, honey, you haven't had a vegetable in a whole week. I'll give you dessert if you eat three of those tater tots. The parents we thought we'd be. When you are truly connected with a child, there's never any need for yelling. The parents we are. Get in the car! In the car! I knew you hear me! If you don't get in this car right now, Christmas is canceled forever! This has been the parents we thought we'd be versus the parents we are. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Jenna says that baking with young kids, I thought this was a good one, is supposed to be fun, but it's not. She says it's just tears about who gets to sit on the stool, tears that you have to wait for it to be finished and bake in the oven before you can eat it. I regret it 100% of the time. Then there's people are like, this is organic learning. If you need three-fourths, how many of the one-fourths cups do you need? I kind of get it, but it's exhausting and terrible. And also sometimes there's burning. It's not great. I mean, I guess it could be useful or educational. That's different from fun, right? Yeah, I think that's right. That's an It's a bit of an expectation management thing. Cindy says making sugar cookies with kids is an absolute abomination. <laughs> oh, 
So keep that in mind. Thank at you, Cindy. At least at the end, there's sugar cookies, though. I mean, that's that's a highlight. The Mom Hour did an episode on fun and expectations around fun. So I'll link to it in the show notes just because some of our listeners mentioned it. And they, they had advice around baking. Again, like I know this was just supposed to be just complaining, no advice. But this advice from the Mom Hour I thought was actually really good. When it comes to cooking with little kids... Decide what the goal is and then worry about that. If the goal is for them to have fun doing it, then do not care what it looks like when it comes out of the oven. If it's for them to learn the math stuff, again, don't worry about the final product. If it is for them to worry about the final product, then do it if they go to bed. Think about what you're trying to get out of it and then pitch it that way. It can't be fun and not dangerous and not boring and no tears. Like all those things can't occur with one sugar cookie making event. Yeah. And that certainly applies to all of the things. Like, why are we doing this is a great question. One we've often asked ourselves when it's 20 minutes into a day at the beach and the kids want to know when we can go home. Why are we doing this? Because we thought it would be fun. We thought it would be fun. And yeah, I mean, why are we doing this? Like, are we doing Disney because somehow we've been convinced that it is important to go to Disneyland as part of the American experience? Don't go. Mm -hmm. That is not a good reason to go to Disneyland. The number one thing I want out of a vacation is good sleep. Like I have finally realized, like as I prioritize things that are important to me on a vacation, good sleep is number one. That's all I care about is sleeping. And then seeing interesting things is probably number two. But I didn't sleep well at Disneyland. We had to be up at six o'clock in the morning. And then, you know, we were up late at night. We did not get good sleep. And so while I loved our trip to Disney, it was not a vacation. It was a family event. Sarah, our listener Sarah, says that we should call vacations relocations because then you're reminding yourself ahead of time that this is something that's supposed to be fun, but it's not going to be. That's correct. Especially when you have kids under five, you're not taking a vacation if your kids are with you. Maybe this is all about giving all of us freedom to not do this stuff. Like don't make Christmas cookies with your kids if you know they're just going to fight or you don't even really like to bake that much. And like, it doesn't sound fun to you. Like exit now, take the next exit. Exit this way. Don't go to the drive-in if that doesn't sound like it would be fun, because even if it's marketed as fun, that doesn't mean it'll be fun for you. And maybe you can save yourself some time. Well, and learn as you go. So I have great memories of one of my biggest Christmas memories is making the Christmas cookies. We have three Christmas cookies. That's how we are. And what are your three cookies? What are my cookies? Butter cookies, gingerbread men, and then we make meringues out of the sugar cookies, uh, butter cookies. We only use the yolks for. So then we have egg whites, we make meringues okay. at the end. They have egg whites. And um, okay. So I do like that. And I do want to recreate the memory of making with my kids. But what I realized early on is the kids only like the part where you're rolling out the dough and using the cookie cutters. And so they don't need to be involved in making the batter, you know, making the cookie dough. Right. I can do that the night before and put it in the fridge. I can even roll it out then. And they just kind of come by and like, you know, and then you blare the Christmas music and maybe those batches kind of stink, you know. And then if I want the good cookies, I make a couple myself because I know they're going to be the right thickness. I make some nice ones by myself. I may like magic bars and then I have this... Um, magic bars? Yeah. Do you know what magic bars are? Uh, you know what? We'll put these in the next newsletter. If you want to subscribe to the newsletter... I'm not putting my butter cookie recipe. How dare you? Oh, come on. One of your recipes in the newsletter? I'll put the gingerbread, but you're not getting the butter cookie All right. Recipe. The magic okay, bars... Come on. That's my, my, my mother would kill me. Magic bars are readily available, that recipe, but saltine toss. Coffee is 
the one that I make that like you make that and you bring that to a Christmas thing. And then the next year they ask you to bring it. Like, are you, can you come and will you please bring some of that saltine toffee? It doesn't sound exciting. It's so That good. does sound like a red light food for me. I have a, when I hit that sweet, salty taste bud, I just go nuts. All right. Well, if you want the saltine toffee recipe. It's my sister-in-law makes peanut brittle and I beg her not to make it. I mean, I go from like enjoying peanut brittle to like joylessly crunching as it irritates the cuts in my mouth from the last round of it. This peanut brittle isn't going to eat itself. And my teeth are like begging for mercy and I'm bleeding in several places. And your stomach, it's like leaden. It sits like a solid mass in your stomach. And yet I don't stop eating the peanut brittle. That is my red light food. I just, I can't have it around. Jacqueline has a classic. She says board games with little kids should be fun, but aren't. We're not a game family. And I was thinking about it the other day as I walked by the giant pile of unopened board games that we have because one has such things. We are not a game family. And I feel tremendous amounts of guilt about it. I feel that games are developmentally great for children. But I'm not a game person. I hate games and I'm not playing them. We do kind of play them because I have a couple of kids who are really into them. And they are nice because you are sitting at the table and everybody has put their phones away. Unless you're playing a game that uses your phones. And even that's better than everybody sitting in close proximity looking at their phones. There's a game called You Don't Know Jack. You can play it on the TV. Everybody uses their phone as like their player to play. So fun. We were doing some Jackbox games during COVID and they were fun. I like games where like you're connecting with other people, you know, and it was a family activity. We did find this game called The Mind and we love that game. It's so simple. A really good game is like My son likes one called Pandemic that, yeah, it came out before the pandemic. Whoever you're playing with, you have to work together to beat the pandemic. He plays it with his cousins every time they come and they had to play like five or six times before they beat the pandemic. And it was like this huge, the whole house was so excited. So Pandemic is like, that sounds like that shouldn't be fun, but it is. Who can say? Who can? It's the opposite, Amy. I used to babysit for my goddaughter when she was first born and we would play Candyland with her. I remember she was three. So this was before I was even a parent. There's some card you draw in Candyland and like you win automatically when you get the card. Everybody's yelling at their phones right now, but there's some card you get like Princess Gumdrop. And if you get that game over, you've won everything. And we would play that, but they would carefully bury that card and have that be the 11th card. And then she'd go first so that she'd draw the 11th card, which was always Princess Plumalot because otherwise it was just not, it was terrible. So you could do that, I guess. Oh, I mean, anyone who's played Candyland has palmed cards in Candyland because it's like, we're not going back to the swamp again. We are almost out of this thing. I like cards. I love a good game of cards, but sitting around, I mean, I've said it before, the game where it's like, well, you're an elf level. And if you trade enough wheat, you'll get to go. I'm like, don't ever speak to me again. Lose my number. Forget we know each other. My sister and her family are big gamers. We have an amazing new game. And I'll try to play it with them. And they're like, why would you trade hay for iron? (laughs) You moron. And I'm like, I'm out of this family. I don't want ever to see you or hear you or think of you again. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Well, I don't know what I'm going to get you, but I know who I'm going to ask. 
we did an episode a couple months ago. I've got a mom for that. Like, who's the mom you'd call for? And the mom I would call for, like, I need to get a game for this person. What's a great game? My sister-in-law. My sister-in-law, Diane, like, I don't know where she sources this information, but she always knows, like, the cool, new, fun game. And so she brings it when we get together. She sends it to you, and she knows. So I'm going to find a game for Margaret. It's like an O. Henry story. I'm going to get you the game you will love. I mean, I've been at this for a lot, many decades, and I've only ever found one, which was the mind. That's the game I like. Amy, one thing that sounds fun, is fun, and continues all the fun in the world is the subscription to What Fresh Hell Plus. That's right. When you subscribe to What Fresh Hell Plus, not only do you get ad-free versions of our entire archive, hundreds and hundreds of episodes at your fingertips, but you also get very special bonus episodes where we talk about things that are not parenting related, but are super important to us, like the worst jobs we ever had or the worst fashion mistakes we ever made. (laughs) Let me tell you, there's so much to talk about. Come (laughs) on. Doesn't that sound fun? (laughs) Really fun. It is really fun. I love doing the uh, subscriber episodes, and I think they're genuinely fun to listen to. So go check it out. It's at whatfreshhell.supportingcast.fm, or you can just click the link in the show notes for this episode. You just go tap, tap, and then you can keep listening where you already listen. You don't have to sign up for a whole separate thing. Costs $4.99 a month, and you support the show. Love it. And with that, go have some fun or non-fun, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.